0: So I am doing something a little differently with this episode of the podcast, and hopefully you have no idea what I'm doing that's different. That is the idea. So in the past, I have used this what's called a like a sound baffler and it clips onto my mic stand and is like a little semicircle that's foam lined and blocks the sound from bouncing all around the room and keeps it from sounding like you're having a phone conversation with someone who's taking a shit we all know that sound where the the voice is echoing around and um where are you at by the way we can always talk later yes i made that sound with my mouth that is not a sound effect you're welcome that said over the last uh three or four months, I have started adding a buttload of sound baffling panels throughout my studio room, my studio slash office. So that should actually eliminate the need for me to use the additional clamp on stand. Also, when I start having guests on the show, it will make it much easier for us to be able to look at each other and communicate if both of our microphones don't have these giant foam shields around them. All that to say, hopefully you're thinking, why are you telling me all this? It sounds normal to me. Great, I don't know, I did a quick sound check, but until all this is done and produced and uploaded and I can compare it next to another one, I'm gonna have a hard time just really knowing if there's a notable difference. So today I went and sold, I had put some stuff on Craigslist, which I forgot what a nightmare that is trying to sell something on Craigslist and all the weird people that will engage you in multiple back and forths through an email, asking all kinds of questions about an item. You answer all their questions satisfactorily. I don't know if I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, but you do all that and then they go, great, thanks. And then you're like, Uh, Are you going to buy it? And then you, you hear butt kiss. Or you get the people that are like, I'm really interested in it. Well, you just send me all of your personal information, and then I'm going to send you a money order. When the money order clears, you can go ahead and ship it to me. As a matter of fact, I have no problem giving you the money first. Duh. I know you want all my personal information. I'm not Grandma Betty, who thinks that you know a prince in Nigeria is going to send me $5 million if I just send him a measly $100,000 in cash right now. Plus, with Craigslist, it's always the meeting up with people. It's just very weird. It's it's almost it always feels like a drug deal or prostitution. Something dirty is going on, even though it's totes legit. That's not really a a phrase, but it is now. But while it's totes legit, it still feels dirty and weird. Meeting. Hey, hey you want my bass amp? Okay, we'll meet at the Holiday Inn parking lot over off. X Road, and it's just weird, meeting and weird parking lots and stuff like that, making an exchange of money and property. I've done it, i bought uh, two cars off of Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. I, I found a house that I rented off of Craigslist, maybe actually two of them. The one I'm in now, I believe I found on Craigslist as a rent to own, and then I purchased the home after that part of the contract was satisfied. So it can be a good thing, but it can also be a bit sketch. But I've got all this musical equipment that I I haven't used in years now that I'm doing solo stuff instead of being in a band. This is all equipment that benefited me while I was in the band, but I don't need that equipment anymore. So I had put the stuff up on Craigslist and was getting all this bull sugar, so I went to a place today, Music Go Round, which is a recycled music store, and you can go buy new strings, and I'm sure they have new equipment there, but they specialize in buying back old stuff and reselling it, and they were very fair with me, so I do want to give Music Go Round a shout out uh, as far as being very fair. It was slightly under what I was hoping to get out of it, but when you're going into a retail establishment, you understand that they're going to need to make some money off of it, and they came really Close to what my goal was. So it was not a big deal. And I was satisfied at the end of the transaction. And I didn't feel like I had just hired a skeezy prostitute at the Holiday Inn. So there's that. But I also am going to move out of my house at some time. And, you know, maybe the next year to, I mean, no huge rush, but now that it's pretty much just me and my son living here, and who knows, you know, he could be out of the house within the next year, because he's an adult as well, and I mean, this is a four-bedroom house with a full basement that has uh, crawl space and, and two more bedrooms that I built downstairs, so it is way more room and way more space than I need, just me and, and the baby doobs, baby McGoob, yeah. Gooby McGee, yeah. Cessna is her regular name, the cat, my big fat white cat. Now it's just her and I, since if you listened to the last episode of the podcast, know that my older cat, Polly, passed away just over a week ago. But I digress. My point being, and since I do want to move out, you know, when the problem is, is when you have a four bedroom house, you end up accumulating enough shit to fill a four bedroom house. Now, as I mentioned, I have two more bedrooms and a crawl space in the basement. So I might've accumulated enough shit for six bedrooms and a basement. I am by no means a hoarder. I do not, I'm not a collector. I am not sentimental at all. Which is why it was fine for me to let go of equipment, because I'm not going to use it. It's a paperweight. Someone else can use it. You know, yeah, I had good times with it in the band, and it served me well, but I don't need it. And as I was trying to say, and I keep taking myself down rabbit holes, if I'm going to want to move out at some point in the next couple years, it's good for me now to start purging things that I don't need. And... Creating less of a headache for myself when I need to somehow squeeze four to six bedrooms, plus a living room and a family room and a kitchen and all that shit into a smaller space. And all this has been a big roundabout way to kind of get to the topic that compelled me to run upstairs and flip on the computer. And I don't know why it sounds like I'm running an old Commodore 64 with a little switch. I'm going to flip it on while it warms up the tube. No, uh, but I, I was kind of compelled to come up. It's like, you know, if I have an idea in my head that I want to talk about and I have the opportunity to talk about it, that is the perfect time for me to record a podcast. Plus, I feel like this discussion is more lighthearted. There's nothing, nothing political, nothing inflammatory, nothing that could really irritate or piss me off. So I can stay away from the ranting and we can focus on... Some lighthearted, maybe perhaps humorous discussion about bad COVID habits. That is mainly what I want to talk about on this episode because selling this stuff today reminded me of all the fucking weird shit that I bought during COVID. And I am sure I am not alone. Now, granted, all the stuff I sold today, the musical equipment, was not anything that I bought during COVID. It was just shit I didn't need anymore. But it's not just a a matter of the fact that I bought a lot of weird stuff during COVID, but I think a lot of us entered into just different habits, whether our daily schedules, routines, obviously interactions from a social perspective. I mean, you have people right now that just don't know how to behave in society. I mean, once they started doing, like, basketball games and baseball games and letting people into the games, at least in pro sports, you know, you had fans, like, throwing shit at the players or dumping popcorn on the the players' heads or throwing beer or water. I don't remember all of the stories and situations, but it's people are just – it's. Weird. You let them out of the cage for a while and it, they've forgotten how to behave in that normal society. Or again, it could just be bedtimes or a lack thereof. My sleep schedule is way off right now. Way off. It is not unusual for me to go to bed closer to 4 a.m. I don't know why. I don't want to be up that late. I don't want to feel like. I was up that late when I wake up the next morning or not so much morning, (laughs) if you know what I mean? But I don't wanna be in that pattern. It's just a pattern I got into. I left a job of 10 years right before, like at the end of February, 2020, right before. And I have not had gainful employment since then. I am looking. I am doing DoorDash. That could be a whole other topic and episode is just talking about DoorDash, but that will probably put me more into rants. I'm, you know, I am paying my bills. I am not, you know, having things cut off. So don't worry about old Jeffy. I may not be living as lavishly as I would on a nicer corporate salary, but at the same time, man, I really like not dealing with the corporate bullshit. So while I am looking for work, ugh, I I also loathe the idea of going back into that situation. And some of that could be like what I'm talking about as far as like societal norms and expectations that we've put on ourselves at a time when there was no society. Like it was very difficult last year. After I left my job and was ready to start looking at work opportunities, I mean, it was just not the landscape that you want to try and find a job. Obviously, the fact that I still do not have a job indicates that it is still not the greatest landscape. Now, the type of job and work that I do is a little bit more specific, so that makes it a little more difficult. And I'm being picky because, again, I'm hesitant to perhaps go back to that But unless you all start sharing this podcast with your friends like Wildfire so that I can start getting advertisers to pay for me to do this, then, yeah, I'm going to have to go find a job soon. But that is why bedtime and wake time has been irrelevant to me. Irrelevant. It's pretty much, I mean, my son is with his girlfriend or working the majority of the time. He's rarely home, and when he is home, if he's with his girlfriend, then obviously, you know, they are doing stuff, and it's not like we're spending a ton of time together. He is an adult now. As I mentioned on the last episode, my daughter doesn't even live here anymore. She's older than my son. So for the most part, it's just me around my house. I don't have anyone with any expectation as to when I go to bed or when I wake up other than myself. And I've gotten to a point where I don't have very high expectations of myself. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Again, don't worry about little old Jeff. He'll be fine. But just like grocery shopping, like for me, because it was just me, myself, and I, for the most part, through all of this quarantine, no significant other, um, everyone apparently that I loved was just dying like flies uh, during the summer of 2020. And my mom lives down uh, several states away from me in South Carolina. So it was, again, with the kids doing their own thing, like, I would go to Kroger pretty much on a daily basis. I probably wasted so much money on shit that I didn't need at Kroger that I would eventually throw away because it would go bad simply because I wanted to just go to the store and just walk the aisles and interact with people even if it meant not actually interacting with people just coexisting in a space with other people there was something there was some instinctive part of me that needed that now I mean I might go to Kroger once or twice a week like a normal human being. You know, for me personally, there were several good things that came out of the entire COVID situation. One of them is this podcast. I started this podcast because I was home all the time by myself. And it's like, why not? I wrote and recorded a four-song EP called Ghosts that you can find on pretty much every music streaming service out there. So go find it, Ghosts by Jeff Schaefer. I had an idea and started working on, and this will kind of lead into shit that I bought that I really didn't need, but I was started working on a documentary. It was uh, going to basically be titled something along the lines of how to fail as a musician. I mean, the, the concept behind it was almost like a, it, not a fake documentary, but it would have the comedic elements of a fake documentary where I was essentially poking fun at myself the whole time and chronicling the life of a musician who's had relative local success but never really got that breakout moment. Of course, when I was coming up in music, I was in the day and age where you're still having to hang flyers on light poles, and they didn't even have CDs. Like, the first stuff that I put out was on cassette because that was the option. Now, if I want to, I can just write and record one song. I could do it in one night and plop it up onto pretty much every streaming channel and a lot of big musicians are doing that now, just releasing singles and not even albums. I'm still a little old fashioned. I do have another album that during COVID, Even after releasing the four-song one, I have a a seven-song, what will be called a full-length album. So a seven-song album that I've already written and recorded. I am now still making some tweaks. I got a newer guitar recently, an electric guitar, that I want to replace some of the guitar solos with. Um, But otherwise, I will be able to release that perhaps later this year. It depends on how I drive my personal priorities and, and focuses to get that wrapped up. Because the fact is, is me releasing music makes me no money, especially in this day and age with the digital release. If you guys listen to something on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, I get a fraction of a penny every time you listen. And for me to become even a thousandaire, let alone a millionaire off of the music that I'm putting out there would require essentially the entire country of China to not only stream my album, but buy it. No, okay, that would that would actually make me very rich. But the streaming is problematic. That's why Taylor Swift left, I believe, Spotify for a while. That's why the band Tool was not a part of iTunes. I I don't know if that was actually their sole reason, but I believe that would have to have something to do with it is the lack of control on the distribution and the return. I think my music is good enough to be Played every bit as often as any other band you hear out there on any radio station or satellite radio, but I also don't have a very strong social media presence or YouTube presence, and unfortunately, a lot of that has to do with it now. But basically, this documentary would have been me kind of chronicling from my childhood and my early days with music and high school bands, and then my 20s, etc., etc. And essentially identifying as someone who has mastered how to be a great musician and an excellent songwriter and achieve absolutely no success. It's almost, you would think it's almost difficult to do, but I make it look easy. You're welcome. So the documentary was an idea. So again, like I said, this is kind of leading into the stuff that I bought that I didn't really need. So for the documentary, let's see, what did I buy? I'm acting like I'm thinking, I know exactly what I bought. I bought a variety of different professional microphones and telescopic microphones and boom microphones and things to put in the room because I would have to interview myself. I would have to have everything set up and ready to go on stands and then make it look like it was a full production. I purchased a 4K ultra high definition video camera. I don't think I've used that yet, and I bought that over a year ago probably. I bought some professional pop-up lighting uh, for photography and videography, which is like these giant, you've probably seen them in movies and TV shows where they have like a photo shoot where these giant umbrellas with like reflective surface on the inside and these giant, light bulbs sticking out of them, creating all of this lighting. At one point, I even had the room, my studio, with marks. So I had like black duct tape in little X's on the floor as to where different stands would need to go, where the, the tripod would go, where I would need to be seated. I had all the angles and the lighting and all that shit figured out. I've even got a notebook that's probably got, oh, I don't know, 30 or 40 pages of notes and almost not scripting per se i wanted it to kind of be free flow but a outline and just a whole bunch of different kind of ideas to throw in as like flashbacks that i could film and stuff like that so now i own basically the equipment i would need to do a high definition high quality documentary in my home um i haven't I don't know if that was the start of purchasing things that I didn't really need, but it was part of it. You know, even the soundproofing panels that I've put up in my studio. Now, I needed to do that. It, it's important for because I record my music in this room, but I did have these components that I could put on the mic stand that would almost emulate the cost and effort of covering every wall not covering but you you sporadically place the panels cuz you do want some exposed space for the the sound to bounce around a little bit naturally just not go crazy but even on my ceiling i mean i'm right now i'm counting i've got 9 panels just on the ceiling oh i don't even know how many i have on the walls probably 60 that would mean 69 panels yeah 69 bro eat and and now as I look around the room I'm also seeing a a mini tramp a little mini trampoline because of course there is that period of time during the winter where it's like I've gained a lot of weight this year and I should probably exercise but I don't want to go out into the cold so I will buy this trampoline and I'll put it in the studio and turn on a TV show and jog or bounce for a half hour and get back into felt condition. I've never used the trampoline. It's just leaning. Um, it's there saying, please use me. Never used it. So another, I mean, it was a smart purchase. It was not a smart usage. It was rather just a total lack of usage. So I don't want to blame the purchase at another point last, uh, probably fall or winter, I saw somehow saw, maybe someone shared a YouTube video of this girl playing this classical song. Um, I'll look it up so I can tell you exactly what it was and her name, because you do gotta go watch this because it is fucking awesome. Still looking. Okay, so her name is Anna Vidovic. I don't, I'm don't. i probably not pronouncing that. It might be Vidovic. I don't know. It's A-N-A. And then her last name is V-I-D-O-V-I-C. The song is Asturias by Isaac Albanese. Okay, I'm going to screw all of this up. But it is freaking amazing and freaking gorgeous. Go check that out. So I see this video. And I'm so mesmerized by it. And I'm watching and I'm like, what she's doing with her left hand really doesn't look that difficult. I mean, her right hand, that's where with classical guitar, you're not using like a pick and you're not just using one or two fingers, you're using all of them. But with my last band, the Lovebenders, I was the bass player for that band for 10 years. So I was using the majority of the fingers on my right hand to play bass. So it made sense that I should be able to take my guitar skills with my left hand, my bass skills on my right hand, it just improved the bass skills to include the thumb and the pinky. And of course, I, I could be a classical guitar player. So I ordered a, an acoustic electric, nylon string classical guitar and a book for classical guitar for beginners. So I opened the Classical Guitar for Beginners book after the guitar arrived and obviously after the book arrived. Now we're now two purchases, mind you. Oh, and I also ordered backup nylon strings in case one of the strings broke. I still to this day don't even know how to string a nylon guitar because none of them have broke and I barely touched the thing. I started to go through the first couple exercises in the book and it's like, this is the for beginners first few pages? I am struggling. So then I got on Amazon and I found basically classical guitar for dummies. This is even more dumbed down than the beginner's book I got. I made it through a few exercises in that book. And by that point, my brain had just moved on. And then I put that guitar in a case and I put that case in a closet in my studio. And there it has sat. Uh, You know, speaking, you know, going back to the trampoline, the little mini tramp that I bought in the winter prior to winter i was also you know i always had this intention i need to work out i'm not working i'm not doing anything i mean i guarantee you i was depressed again if you don't pay attention to the show i'm just going to keep it really short and sweet between july 20th or i'm sorry july 1st and mid september of 2020 my best friend my dad and my stepdad all passed away so i in addition to all of the covid funk that we were all in i was also I'm sure going through a pretty significant depression also just being alone, not even having a job or people to interact with. I'm going to Kroger for my daily interactions because you know, that's where happiness is found is in the aisles of Kroger. But I always had the intention. I'm going to quit eating like shit and I'm going to exercise. So I used to rollerblade, you know, back in the day when I was in my twenties and Significantly lighter and more agile and less fragile than I am now. And I also used to play roller hockey. I then started playing ice hockey after that. But my point being, if you're going to play roller hockey, then you've got to be pretty good on rollerblades. And I was, but that's a different guy. I don't. I don't. I thought I remembered that guy. I don't think that was me. Um, because, well, I ordered rollerblades. Problem is, I ordered them right before winter really hit. I don't know what I was thinking. So as of just like a month, month and a half ago, I had not even taken the damn tags off of things. So I finally took them out and tried them briefly uh, and could barely just on a flat brand new parking lot that had never even been parked on before. This thing was about as pristine as could be. It still had chunks of new asphalt pieces and little obstacles that could be a problem but it was everything i could do to just not take a tumble and probably shatter three hips i know i only have two hips but that's how bad the fall would have been it would have found a hip somewhere on my body that science didn't know existed and broken it since that failed experiment i have not touched the roller blades i'm not sure that i will unless somehow I can purchase a full body padding suit, at which point I may feel more comfortable taking a fall. Right now, not so much. I did actually buy pads for the rollerblades, another purchase, and it's so hard to shop for like knee and elbow pads for skateboarding or rollerblading or whatever on like Amazon, a lot of them are geared towards children. I ordered what I thought was an adult set and in the largest size that they would come in, I think it was just like small, medium, large. And as I mentioned, I'm you know not a small boy, especially after a year of 30 pound COVID game. And when those pads came, If I put those around my knee, my foot would turn black and need hacked off after three minutes of rollerblading because of lack of circulation. So I couldn't wear those, and I don't think they were that expensive, and I set them off to the side for a while thinking maybe I'll do something with these or find someone to give them to. I'm pretty sure I just threw them away. Never been used, just threw them in the fucking trash can because I was sick of looking at them, and I didn't spend that much on them. So there's just some straight up flushed money. Another thing I bought last winter, which is a weird time to buy this, is a, and this is just a weird thing to buy in general, I bought a metal detector. Oh, I'm so stupid. I was watching some show on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and some dude they were interviewing was walking around through a graveyard with a metal detector while they were interviewing and talking to him, and he was an insignificant part of the show, but he was just talking about how like graveyards were a great place to find things or the beach, and the the show was not about metal detectors. I don't even remember what the show was, but I'm sitting here looking at it and immediately I'm identifying like, yeah, yeah, walking around graveyards and beaches with this big dildo strapped to my arm. I think that's for me. Hello, Amazon.com. Search metal detectors. I have not used that to this day. I have never even put batteries in the damn thing. Yeah, another not so fantastic purchase. Now, I did make a very good purchase last year, at least a good purchase for me because I've used the shit out of it, and that's when my dad died on August 27th last year, and he had just a one-bedroom apartment, so not a ton of stuff, um, but he had a like less than a year old brown leather Lazy Boy recliner. I've never owned a recliner in my life. My dad always had a recliner, and we were allowed to sit in it unless he was in the room, at which point he would snap his fingers and let you know, get the fuck out of my chair. You know, my brother lives in Arizona, so him having my dad's chair just didn't make any sense. He basically only kept stuff that he could ship to himself, so I kept the chair because it was like, I don't want to throw this thing away, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, And it sat in my front room for a while because the way my TV family room area is configured, it already had a full couch and a love seat and all this stuff where that chair really wasn't even a matter of it fitting in from a decor perspective. It was more of literally fitting in from a measurement perspective one night at some point probably i want to say in late september maybe maybe even early october so now the chair has been sitting in the front room unused for a month maybe longer late night i decided to okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put i'm getting this chair in here i don't know how but we're gonna do it and i've shuffled stuff around moved things blah 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 made it work so now i've got this chair and i'm sitting in this chair and instantly my thought is well where this chair is positioned, I'm slightly further away from the TV than I was when I was sitting on the couch. Now, my TV was, I want to say sixty five inches. Uh, the the chair position versus the couch position was probably a matter of five to six inches further away from the TV. It was not a huge difference, and that's mainly because I wasn't as centered and I was slightly, you know, more cornered. So of course, in my mind, I need a bigger TV. So the next day I went out and bought an 80-inch TV. Now the 65-inch TV is in my office, the room that I'm in right now. I'm staring at it. It rarely gets turned on. That's the TV that I was supposed to be bouncing on the trampoline to, uh, but I just I don't use that TV, or this TV rather, or the trampoline. Now they're both basically just paperweights. But the 80-inch TV uh, is fantastic. It's huge. It's fantastic. Thank you, Donald. Uh, It is is huge. It is fantastic. And that was a good purchase. I'm now getting to a point where I really have to start thinking about Other purchases I made, I mean, again, I'm sure going to Kroger, I was probably buying condiments and frozen food items and things I was never going to eat, but it was almost worth it just to walk up and down the aisle and maybe just see one little thing and throw it in your cart that maybe I'm going to use, maybe I'm not, just for the sake to prolong that time during your societal adventure of the day. In my mind, I'm constantly, I'll I'll have a a reminder of, oh, yeah, I have a a metal detector. Uh, Or, uh, oh, yeah, i got a trampoline. Oh, yeah, I've got a nylon string acoustic electric guitar. Oh, I bought a ukulele. I forgot I bought a ukulele. That's been hanging on the wall. I I bought a book for that as well, and I learned it for about four days um, and haven't touched it since. So now you understand why I'm purging, because at a time when I should have been purging and a time when I shouldn't have been spending money, it was therapeutic. I'm sure a lot of us did that, where it just got to the point where, especially because a lot of people were even ordering things like toilet paper or things like that on Amazon, that Amazon became... Such a bigger monster than it was before COVID because it forced people to become acclimated to the system. And now they're so used to it that that's basically what they rely on, unless they absolutely have to go somewhere else. So go ahead and go back and listen to my COVID conspiracy theory episode, and you might hear me mention Amazon and how they have benefited. I'm not saying they're responsible for COVID, don't get me wrong. I'm not cuckoo. But hopefully everyone, you know, hopefully we don't go back to anything remotely close to what we experienced in 2020. I do believe there will be a much bigger public revolt and pushback if it starts to go that way. Whether that's enough of a pushback and a revolt to actually have a realistic impact, I don't know. But I'm I'm hoping we don't go back there. But hopefully you all are starting to feel normal again, starting to feel like some of your outings and your social interactions are just kind of like, as they say, the good old days. Hopefully you do not have a house full of shit that you bought during COVID that you have never fucking used. I cannot say the same. So there really wasn't anything special for me to talk about. There's no point, you know, I love that in this episode that it's This is where I'm trying to go with the show again, as I mentioned in the last one, more lighthearted, less ranting. It's going to happen, but I I like just being able to talk to you guys about something that popped up in my mind, and I thought, hey, this could be funny to talk about, and even more so, I betcha, a lot of people can relate. Once again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jeff. (laughs) Good night.